All right, welcome, welcome in to the 91st episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. On today's episode, gang's back together. We go through an extremely fast reports from around the realm section, talking about DeAndre Hopkins. And then on top of that, we have team breakdowns coming back. We're going to take a look at the nooks and crannies of a 12-team, one-quarterback, half-point PPR team, and then a 12-team, full-point PPR, super-flex team. So stay tuned all the way to the end if you want insight. I believe we talked about over probably 40 different players on today's episode. Definitely over 40. Talked about many different trade scenarios. And a lot about the philosophy of fantasy football and roster construction. So, again, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, user code Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 91 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We got the guys back again, Max and Super Producer, holding it down in the land. I am in the city of brotherly love gentlemen how are we doing gonna be doing good man when you move to uh cleveland ohio and we, we can all say oh we're all in cleveland ohio recording together it's gonna be electric <sighs> max you know what i'd love to I'd, I'd really love to but i just can't you know i can't you know i can't do that hmm. all right man you know we get one life one opportunity you know what max while a lot of people come to fantasy football to talk about their uh, constant look at death. Uh, I don't think this podcast is the specific one that they they turn to to, to talk about our uh, our small time on Earth. Super producer, how you doing? Doing good, man. Another week closer to the NFL season. I just I've been dreaming about some NFL defensive player prop bets. It's kind of sick at this point. I'm just gonna. Can't wait to throw my whole balance on CJ Mosley over tackles for the first game of the season. Um, but yeah, man, that's kind of kind of what I've been thinking about recently. How you doing, Pete? Doing good. Uh, two one two items I want to talk about before we start the episode. One, I have a cleanup item from last week. So I was listening back to the podcast and got told by Mario from New Jersey that I completely botched discounted cash flow. And the definition of that and trying to explain it. And after listening back, I, I did realize I was confused. So I wanted to shout him out. So I'm going to basically, and for any new listeners that are th- saying, why is this a finance podcast? No, we were talking about uh, discounted cash flows as it relates to fantasy football. But I'm going to give the Investopedia exact definition of discounted cash flows just so I don't confuse anybody anymore. So it says discounted cash flows refers to a valuation method that estimates the value of an investment using its expected future cash flows. So it's how much money essentially is it going to make you in the future discounted at the dollar value moving forward. So how much the dollar's worth relative to the amount of money that it's going to be pulling in. So that is kind of what I meant about players and how much they're worth today versus what their return is going to be in the future. Um, 
So wanted to clean that up first. Glad you don't do my taxes. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I audit companies. I don't. I don't do the uh, the finance side, the tax side. But flipping this around to a more fun topic, the Miami Heat move on. Nuggets Heat NBA Finals prediction in a number of games, Mister Max. I'm going Heat and six, man. Heat and six. Don't do it. SP. I'm going to say Nuggets in five. Super producer. I like Nuggets in five, but I think Spo just outcoaches one game. I go Nuggets in six. Nuggets in six. I think Jokic is is just going to belittle Bam. I think it's going to be absolutely awful in the post. Jimmy Butler can only do so much against a team like that. I think no matter who was going to play them in the finals, anybody out of the Eastern Conference, even the Sixers, I think it just would have been tragic and the, the nuggets would have won well the sixers are pretty bad so i was just saying i'm saying any team out of the eastern conference would have lost to the nuggets i don't know man i, I don't i like the the heat are hot you can't bet against hot heat are hot they've heat lost hot. three out of four though they have lost three out of four games but they're hot they won the one that mattered most they, they did possible. they have grit they're they're well coached they rebound. They make their free throws. They, they definitely rebound. All right, we'll take a look back in about two two weeks' time uh, when the series is over to go over our NHL predictions from earlier in the year as well as our NBA predictions from earlier in the year when uh, when we were taking a guess on who was going to win it all way back a couple months ago. So we'll see how off we were. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, we have a really great one for you. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this one. This one's more of a theory-based episode. So if you're really excited about roster construction, et cetera, please stick around after we introduce our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play stress-free fantasy football. Best ball fantasy is some of the most fun you will have playing fantasy sports. I absolutely love it. Everyone here does. Best Ball Fantasy is all about your draft. I'm currently in a slow draft right now of uh, an underdog league. I joined. I'm very excited about it. My first overall pick, Christian McCaffrey. I had to go running back off the rip just because I love having a floor, but the rest of my picks are going to be absolute ceiling plays. You know why? Best Ball Fantasy football, there is zero roster management aspects so all you have to do is sit back and relax and your best players are automatically populated in your starting lineup and you score the most amount of points possible super producer if you had the number one overall pick non-super flex who would you go for in a best ball draft dang man that's such a tough spot to be in um i really think it would have to be mccaffrey I think there's such a good case for Justin Jefferson, though. So I feel like you couldn't go wrong picking one of those two guys, but those are probably the only two in consideration for me. Mr. Max? I'd probably go Jet, man. Just the targets that he's going to get, I think, are going to be in the 150 range. Everyone's sleeping. Kirk Cousins' contract year, man's going to go nuclear. He always does during his contract years. If you want to support the podcast, use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash, MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's get into reports.
All right. We only have one piece of reports for now because we have two team breakdowns. So our first and only piece of reports, DeAndre Hopkins has been cut by the Arizona Cardinals. What did Devontae Adams go for from the Raiders? A first and a second. First and a second, and they just let DeAndre Hopkins walk right out the door. I mean, they paid, what, $15 million or something in dead cap? It's crazy. They, they cut $22 million in dead cap, which actually I think is, is good for the Cardinals because they're not trying to win. So amount of cap means they don't have to pay players. We can get into a cap episode if, if people really want it, but essentially you have to use a certain amount of the cap every year. So when they use cap on a player that's not on the roster anymore, that means they can be worse. I'll bring my accountant Mario on. He actually knows about discounted cash flow. So I'll bring there him There you on. go. There Bye. you go. But uh, guys, discussion on DeAndre Hopkins. What are your guys' opinions moving forward this year? Obviously, we don't know where he's landing at the time of recording. Probably won't know for about a week or two. I I mean, my honest answer, I really think he goes to the Browns. Maybe I'm a biased, crazed fan, but... Just, I, just a tiny little bit. I hear Watson talk about it. He, they text each other. He tells Andrew Barry he wants him. The guy's... He's probably open to playing in Cleveland. I think if the Browns could get Hopkins, they have that line. They have Chubb. They have Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. They have that defense. I think they could really be scary. Um, Right now, I think they're just a mid-team, but I think Hopkins is one of those players, like we saw it last year. He hasn't lost a step. He's still an elite wide receiver. So wherever he goes, it's just crazy. I would honestly probably sell wherever he goes. Um, especially if it's Kansas City or Buffalo. I think you could sell and probably get a first, honestly. So I'd be selling, but I'm excited to see where he goes. It seems like he's just going to be a front runner, which I don't blame him. He's trying to chase a ring. But in the same breath of that, if he he's going to go to a good team, there's going to be good receivers already there. So it's going to be a crowded wide receiver room wherever he ends up going. I mean, his top five list of, of places were all – all places that got two or three wide receivers already that are pretty solid. So I, I feel like you you got to insta sell them unless you're a contender and you need some depth. But I, I think he could produce maybe wide receiver 20 somewhere around there, but I feel like that might be high. I just feel like everyone thinks Kansas city or Buffalo is the front runner choice. Kansas city. I don't really know if they have two or three good receivers. I guess they have Tony and Kelsey. You could count those two. Um, but they just don't have the cap space. I know both of them are like really, really low. I know Peter loves talking about cap space, so I can let him talk about that. But they have no money for him. And unless they're going to do one of these NFL deals where, oh, DeAndre gets $15 million in signing bonus and $1 million in salary, just don't see it happening for him unless they cut or restructure a contract. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't know the specifics about how signing bonus and et cetera work into the cap. But I do know that both those teams are very close to their their cap limit, and they're probably going to want to keep the amount of uh, room that they have currently. I think if you're if you're the Hopkins owner out there right now, right, are you trying to sell before the news or after the news? Because I know he's not going to go to a non-competitor. He's not going to go to a team that has a bad quarterback. I think you sell after the news. I think you just hold until until it's ready. So I know there's a guy in our league, shout out uh, Driscoll from Pittsburgh, from Yinsburg, he like the second he found out the news, he tried to trade him right to me. And I wanted to tell him, I was like, Hey man, you should probably hold off a little bit. He's going to go somewhere good. Yeah. But you could also take the risk, man. Like if he goes to Buffalo, like, I don't think that's the best spot for him. I think everyone's like, Oh, Buffalo, this, this, and that. 
There's Josh Allen's legs. There's whatever is going on in the running back room with Damian Harris, James Cook, whatever, and Josh Allen. They all run the ball. There's Diggs, Gabe Davis, and then Dawson Knox and, Knox and Kincaid. I don't know. Like, I think if someone's like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to have the mystery box, sell them. If you can get a first, any first I would take. It doesn't matter what year it is. I really don't care. 2026? 100%. See ya. Goodbye. All right. Let's keep moving on. We're going to get into our one quarterback half-point PPR team breakdown. All right, Mr. Max, the time has come. Roast your team segment finds its way. Mr. Max, we're going to be roasting your team right now. Honestly, man, I I need it. I, I'm sitting here, and I was going to take a detox from Sleeper. Um, I made a trade today, so I'm back on it. But I need help. I don't know where to go. I don't know if I should. What I should do, seriously, I just don't. I just got to I gotta hear what you guys think. I value your opinions. Nick C., I mean, you've won a championship, so I obviously value yours a little more. Peter, I know you've never done that, so I still value yours because you're a good friend of mine, Pete. You've been around the block. You've won a, you've won a couple games, but not when it matters. So, Ugh. Mr. Max, you never fail to turn the knife and just twist it a little bit every time. Um, but it's making me better. makes me want to be a better fantasy player. But let's read off your team here. So this is 12-team, half-point PPR, single quarterback, single flex, non-super flex. So single flex. We have at quarterback, Russell Wilson. At running back, there is basically none. We have Ronald Jones and Travion Henderson. And everyone at home is saying, oh, brother, this guy stinks. But then we look at his wide receiver room, the notable ones, Jerry Judy, 24 years old, Christian Watson, 24 years old, Ayuk, 25 years old, Dotson, 23 years old, Hollywood Brown, 25 years old, and Rashawn Bateman, 23 years old. So his wide receiver room is a bunch of, I'd say, B-tier, B-tier receivers, right? And then tight end, Hawkinson, age 25. He has a 2025 early to mid pick. Is that a first, Max? I believe it is. Yes. Early to mid first round pick. And for all those out there that don't know, we play divisions. So every single division, one team is going to make the playoffs. Max is saying his division is winnable. Where do we go from here? Max, before we, Nixie and I give our inputs, I know you said a little bit off the rip, but is there anything based on what we just went through that you want to highlight? No, man. I mean, I, I've just been in the camp of like, I don't want to trade for old running backs because I don't know if I want to go for it. I don't know if I want to rebuild. I won a championship two seasons now ago. So not last season, but the season before. So, I mean, just over a year ago, I won a championship. I'm content, but I don't want to be content. I hate being content. I want to either rebuild, but I don't have any of my picks or I want to find a way to get some running backs and do something. All right, so let's let's talk. Super producer, I wanted you to give your insights on Max's team. And again, just for everyone out there, I'll read off the notables. Russell Wilson, no real notable running back. Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Ayuk, Dotson, Hollywood Brown, Bateman, TJ Hawkinson, and a 2025 early to mid-projected first-round pick. Yeah, this one is interesting, Max. I, you definitely got your team better from where it was going into the offseason. It was pretty dreadful. 
even more dreadful than this. I'm not saying that this is a dreadful team. You still have some pieces to get around, but um, you were saying you're kind of like up in the air, whether or not you want to rebuild, compete. I feel like there is only one answer and it is to compete as much as you don't probably want to hear it. You need to trade for running backs and it's got to be these old vet running backs, whether or not it's going to give you value. I mean, you don't have your pick this next year or the year after that. Getting them is going to be an arm and a leg price. Yeah. And I I know for sure Jace has uh, the one pick next year. He's never going to trade it to you, no matter how hard you try. I mean, unless you give up your entire roster for it. So there's no upside to rebuilding and then just having that be a top three pick for Jace or something. So I'll break it down too for the people, the division, the three teams. So it's Max's team, obviously. One team is completely not competing at all. Will probably be the worst team in the league. And then the other team is uh, pretty good. Mar- Mario's team, pretty pretty solid team, but beatable. I mean, there there's. I mean, any team's beatable. I feel like there's holes. It's it, not like your team in this league. Sure. I mean, if yeah, if you're only competing with the one team, who knows, man? You you could break the right way and make the playoffs, and that's that's all you can really ask for. But I do have a few trades in mind, but I, I definitely think you should compete. I'm gonna pass it back to Pete. I don't know if we want to start going with trades yet, but Mario and I like we're close friends and like he has his own pick next year. He knows his team's like not ready to go for it. So he kind of wants to um I don't know, just be down on his luck for a year per se, you know? Um he has Kenneth Walker and Damian Harris. I think if he traded those two running backs and like Camara, if he traded Kenneth Walker and Kamara, like he'd have no running backs and he'd have a Kyle Pitts. That's like a question mark DK. Who knows? I think Wilson and Smith are pretty solid, but like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there's a lot of question marks on the team. So that's why I feel like his team's beatable and his bench is pretty mid if anything. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I have to compete, but I'm excited for these trades and to hear Peter. Yeah. Mr. Max, I'm actually to give you a counter. I don't think you should. Wow. This is great. So I look at your team and I think about how hard it is to find running backs, right? And if you know that you have a, you know, net 0% chance of winning a championship this season, because there's, let's say, me, Nixie, and two other teams that have a chance, you know, Nixie is probably sitting at like 35, 40% to win it all, maybe even 50. That's how good his team is compared to everyone else. And then you have three or four other teams just fighting for the that other half of the pie, right? If you throw yourself into that ring for competing, I don't think you have a chance at all to win the championship. It'll it would probably be like maybe five percent at the highest if you you know hit on all your guys, all the right people get injured on other teams, etc. Right, and Nixie's team just puts up a dud in the chip or, or some you know what I mean, something like that, right? So I think the more logical way would be to rebuild. Now, just like we were talking about last week, right? You need to be able to find these players' markets and be able to trade them, right? So just like baseball cards, you know, a little old lady crossing the street, it's not going to pay a million dollars for Mickey Mantle rookie card. But if you go to the right place at the right time, they will pay you for that, right? So I look at Jerry Judy. We know somebody listens to this podcast Loves Jerry Judy. 
And somebody that listens to this podcast also has your first round pick next year. I've tried it, man. I tried. I know. I know. And you're going to have to overpay Max. It's going to have to be Jerry Judy plus. What have you offered in the past? Jerry Judy straight for it. And it's just been a straight decline. He doesn't counter, man. What I would do is you have Jerry Judy and there's another guy that he absolutely likes. And this and this gives no benefit to me. I, I honestly mean this because he's in my division. And this would only make it harder for me to compete, right, this season. But if you give him Jerry Judy and Hollywood Brown for your first and let's say the tiniest little thing, and you guarantee yourself to have a top three pick, I think that is a slam dunk home run of a season. So that's just my two cents on it. We'll let Max, you talk now. And again, for reference, if anybody kind of dozed off again, I like to go over the teams because when I listen to podcasts, I forget the teams. I forget the mock drafts all the time. So I'll say it again. Quarterback is Russell Wilson, no notable running backs. Judy, Christian Watson, Ayuk, Dotson, Hollywood Brown, Bateman, Hawkinson, and a mid-2025 first. Probably could do Judy and Hollywood Brown and get my first, but I, I think that's a ginormous overpay because I really think Judy's- I, I think you get something on the back end. And, yeah. and look, you got to know walking into this you know you're not going to get fair value. Think about the Superflex League we're going to talk about later, right? Last year, my team was not in a position to win. What did I give up? Tell everyone what I gave up to get my first-round pick back. A 24 first and Drake London. Essentially three first-round picks, right? And what did I get? What pick did I get? 102. 102. And it probably could have been 101 if a few you know, bounces landed my way, right? Would would you do that if you got the second overall pick? Something of similar value. Like you look at Jerry Judy and Hollywood Brown, you think they're both worth a, a first and a half. I just don't know, man, because it's like I don't get The Marvin Harrison Jr. shot, but probably Steve's going to get it. So you're looking at the height of 102. I'm looking at Ibuka. I'm looking at Travion Henderson. Brock looking Bowers. at Brock Bowers. I love gonna, Brock Bowers. It's going to take time to develop. It's like, I don't know, man. Because then, I mean, obviously, like as the season gets approaching and everything gets closer, it's like, yeah, uh, these these picks are going to grow. And it's like, you for 102 right now, you can get a haul. I mean, you get Gibbs, right? These what guys do you think you could get for 102? Right now? Yeah. For Gibbs? No, for the for the 102 in first-round picks equivalent, what do you think it's worth? Two and a half, three first. There you go, right? And that's in... That's right now with a draft class that did not have many good talents, right? I think that's why it's worth more, though. I I think I understand that, but then there's also a, a tinge. If the draft class is a little bit bigger, I think it's worth a little bit more as well, too, because there's always oh, this guy going to get taken before me. Like we looked at the wide receiver class last year, right? Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, like all these guys. Based on your league, you never knew who was going to go where, what guys liked what guys. I think it adds like an element, come up and get your guy if you want 102, essentially. Right? Like there's going to be that extra get your guy tax. I could keep my 25 first, which I do think is going to be a really good pick. I genuinely do um, that I have. And then I get my 26 for a second, third here in a couple days. Um, and you don't trade it. Don't trade it, but. 
it's just like for me, I have a problem where, and I'm going to be a hundred percent out. Like I just don't have patience and it's something I'm trying to work on fantasy professionally, everything, because it's like, okay, I have this 25 first and then I have to wait through 2024 and then I have to wait again. And it's like, I'm not going to reap the benefits of this pick for three years. And by that time, like if I make the right moves, I can win a championship. Like I get a seat at the table. I win it all. You know, I want you to think about this out of absolute desperation. The Seattle Seahawks two years ago traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams because they couldn't wait for a safety. Right. You know what those picks turned into, right? They turned into Elijah Vera Tucker, who's an all pro caliber guard tackle, and Garrett Wilson. Patience, if they held on to those picks, would have reaped so much, so many benefits for that franchise, but they gave them to the Jets because they had no patience, right? Max, having patience with these first round picks is super important, right? That's why you got to go get yours and not trade them away. Unless you're ready to, unless you're in like Nick C's seat, my seat from last year, where you're like, I am all in, ready to go for a championship this year. I mean, I agree. I think it's it's good insight, and that's a possible trade that I could make. That it honestly would make sense. But then I look at my team, and it's like Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, Dotson, Bateman. I think that's all I would have left. Nick C. Yeah, I don't know. I. I see what you're saying, Pete, but at the same time, I don't know, you're going to trade, at least I'm I'm just bringing it back to the Judy and Marquise kind of trade for maybe your first. I, I just don't know, like, what kind of haul are you going to get for that 102? Is it going to be more than Marquise and Jerry Judy? I mean, if you, if you're, you said, Pete, they're maybe valued at a first and a half each. And you said at 102 this year was worth maybe two and a half. I just don't see the value there to overpay for the pick in Max's spot, especially. No, I said you get something on the back end to make it fair. Yeah, maybe a second. So, okay, maybe a second that would make it a little more close, I guess, but I just don't really see it. I, I have a few trades that I feel like could put you in a better spot to like go for it this year. That's what I would do probably in the situation because your division is winnable. All you need is to get a spot. And there's a division that's loaded who has three teams that could be competitors. One of them is going to miss. And then who knows? I mean, none of these teams are unbeatable. I have a few trades that I feel like could put you in a really good spot, Max. And at least like – Two two players that I would instantly be trying to move for running backs is Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown. Immediately, I'm trying to move them for guys like Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. I there's two that I would really be wanting to try to do, but I I don't think Jace would trade either of these guys, and that would be Dobbins or Ramondre. If you could somehow get Hollywood to go through for Dobbins which would be questionable because Jace probably doesn't want you to have running backs. Right. But if, even if it's Rashad Bateman for Joe Mixon, or even I would honestly do Marquise Brown for Joe Mixon. That's kind of where I'm at on that side. Aaron Jones is kind of a different case with that, but I feel like those are two that you could easily ship out for veteran running backs. And as well, here's, here's another trade. It's involving the first round pick. You have the 25 first, 
I think you could ship it and maybe get two depth level running backs, but you just need running backs at this point. So if you could, like, that's what I'm saying. Your team could go from, let's say you flip Rashad Bateman or Marquise Brown for Joe Mixon. So you have Joe Mixon and then you flip the 25 first and maybe get a package of, it would be an in-division trade, but Damian Harris and Alvin Kamara for the 25 first. And then you have Mixon, Kamara, Damian Harris. You already have Ayuk. You have Judy, Hawkinson already. Another one I would be looking for, which I'd maybe feel a little bit more hesitant to do, but and I feel like it would be more contingent if you already shipped off Bateman or Marquise for one of these running backs, but it would be the 25 first for like Dalvin Cook and Madison. That one might be tough to get to go through, but I feel like it could be a close conversation where maybe it's not Madison, maybe it's a different run, like depth running back. I don't know what that would be, but I feel like there's two trades there where you could easily get three, maybe four running backs that you could start already. Then you have Dotson on the bench. You have Judy, like I said, Christian Watson, Ayuk. And then, I mean, your team is right there. It's right there. I mean, it's it would be good enough, especially if you did a trade like – um I forget it was the 25 first for like Damian Harris and Kamara. You could win your division then because then, I mean, Mort's team, he would only have Kenneth Walker really and would have no other running backs. So it would be kind of tough. I mean, his other players are pretty good, but those would be the kind of moves that I would be trying to make. A lot of those ones are are fairly doable to get players who are on the downspin value-wise. I was going to say maybe trying to get something like a 25 first and something for Kenneth Walker, just because his value seems to be very down in a lot of people's eyes, but maybe not Mort's eyes. So that one could be tough to kind of get there because you don't really have much. Maybe if it's like 25 first and Jahan Dotson or something to go, but I, I would rather have the, the two running backs. Like I would rather have in your spot, Kamara and Damian Harris over trading the first and Dotson for Kenneth Walker. First for Kenneth Walker, like I feel like, I mean, it's a. I don't even know if I would because it's like Kenneth. I Walker. would. Because then he, but if he splits with Charbonnet, then I'm like getting a glorified backup running back in a timeshare, and I'm losing out on. Honestly, I think an early first in 2025. Like, at this point, like if I'm making trades like this, I'm just not even. I'm just forgetting about the pick once I trade it. And Kenneth Walker is one of those guys where he was. He was one of those guys we talk about. He was dynasty RB one at, at a certain point in the season. And I mean, he's still only 22 years old. Who knows what the work, the workload looks like, but that's why I sold on a guy like ETN. Cause I'm hearing all these, these workload concerns, but that's the only way you're going to be able to buy guys like this. I mean, obviously if Kenneth Walker doesn't have this situation, he's worth two and a half first because he's 22 years old and just coming off of a a pretty good season. So I don't know if you'd be able to get the first for Kenneth Walker to go through. I feel like it could be an interesting conversation, maybe closer to camp um, when there's all this hype, the videos are coming out of Charbonnet catching balls out of the backfield. Maybe you could get it to go through them. And then like on top of this, I, sorry, I'm kind of just rambling here, but another thing, if I'm, already in the position had made maybe one or two of these trades. Like I, I had previously said to get these vet guys. So bang, you trade the 25 first, get let's say Camara, Damian Harris, 
trade Marquise or Bateman for maybe Mixon, maybe Cook. I'd, I'd probably prefer Mixon. Then you get the 26 first, and I know you love to ship them off, but you, then you'd just be looking for a depth piece on the bench, whether that's a wide receiver or a running back that you could probably get for a good value of a first. Maybe it's a, a kind of vet player. I, I don't know what that player would look like off the top of my head, but it was just kind of as I was uh, kind of talking it through there, that's what I would think. I think if I could take the 25 first and I could go get Kenneth Walker and then I take like Marquise Brown. Mike did offer me Marquise Brown for Aaron Jones. Like I could do something like that and then have Aaron Jones and Kenneth Walker and then like take my 26 first, second, and third. And go to my friend Peter and say, hey, man, here's a 22nd, 26th, first, second, and third for Derrick Henry. Peter's not going to turn that down because Derrick Henry's not even worth a first. I might. I might. Max, might. I want to win this year. He wants to win, but he also knows that that is insane value for Derrick Henry. Um, and then he knows that in one year's time, I'll probably be like, Peter, what's it will take for that pick? And I'll end up paying more. Um, but then I could have Henry, Walker, and Jones and literally only lose like Marquise Brown, really. So. I do think I probably have to compete, Nixie. I, I like the trades you brought to the table. I'm waiting for my brother to get home from Europe. He has Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Um, he needs like wide receivers, so kind of tough there because um, I feel like I can get like Mixon and like a second for Marquise Brown, honestly, and I feel like that's pretty fair value. Um, so it's just a matter of time and finding those right deals and having patience, but I see both, uh, both camps and – Oh man, I'm, I'm amped to make some more moves. All right, Max. So we've done a little bit of a deep dive on your team here. So I'm going to ask you, out of all the trades that you have contemplated today, what one would you most likely send out? And maybe you'll send it out on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I've already inquired. It's the one that kind of struck my interest the most. It's the 25 early first for Kenneth Walker. I I don't know. I feel like it would be beneficial because I know the person that has Kenneth Walker is trying to move him, trying to not have running backs. I don't know if he's worth an early 25 first because I genuinely do believe this pick could be one-on-one and it will just grow in value as the years goes on. But I feel like if I could get Kenneth Walker and then trade like Hollywood Brown for Joe Mixon plus, and then who knows what the 26 first, what I do with them. But if I can get those two, then have my 26 picks at disposal. Then I'm looking at like three running backs with like four or five wide receivers, and it could be pretty solid. All right. Let's move on to our Superflex team. All right. We're going to be picking apart my Superflex team. This team finished second to last uh, last season despite being a lot better than that. And I think that's very objective. Both of you can say that the roster was pretty good, but for some reason it just wasn't gelling, wasn't clicking. So the team has been adjusted since then. Uh, And I will let Max and or Nixie, whichever would like, take us on a guided tour through the team. All right, so this is going to be a 12-person Superflex League, full point per reception. So Peter... His team is looking like Deshaun Watson, Brees Hall, Isaiah Pacheco, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Mark Andrews, Jalen Waddell, Russell Wilson. That's his uh, starting lineup. Some notable players on the bench would be Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Jamison Williams, Trey McBride, 
and he has three third round picks uh, this upcoming draft. Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak on the team a little bit. Uh, I recently traded 102 in this draft class. I know it's probably going to be Anthony Richardson based on the guy who has it. That's what he's told me. Um, but I was probably going to take Bryce Young there. So my team was essentially quarterbackless. I had Russell Wilson last year and then Zach Wilson. So it was just an absolute SHIT show. So I decided to go out and get a stable quarterback on a dip in Deshaun Watson, some surrounding pieces as well. Um, I look at my team and I think it's very balanced. I don't think it's elite, hyper elite that you see like, you know, run leagues for three years, but I think it definitely has a chance to win a championship. I get a couple breaks, uh, fall my way correctly this year. No, I definitely agree. I think there's a lot to break down with your team here, Peter. Um, I do think when you traded 102, you got great value. You got Deshaun Watson and Mark Andrews basically for 102 and DJ Moore. Um, there's another player in there. I think it was Elijah Moore. I think so too. That you got as well, which is solid. Um, but I think looking at it before we really break down it into the big picture, like you obviously have a lot of young studs, but I will pass back to Nixie before I dive in. It's really interesting, Pete. I think you did a really good job rebuilding it, going in and getting the value for that 102 pick like you guys were talking about. I was just looking through the league, and I feel like this league in particular, which may be similar to some other leagues that you listeners are in, it's pretty fairly dispersed where a lot of – I feel like there's a decent number of teams that have a decent shot at at kind of winning it all. Peter, I'd definitely put you in the top half of that, like top six teams for sure. Depending on how how the bottom half of the league shakes out, there could be some dark horse candidates. But for me, the one hole that I looked at right when I saw your roster, because I haven't really looked at your team in a little bit, Pete, is just the running back two position. You have Brees Hall, obviously, who's a stud. Isaiah Pacheco is not bad. I, I think he's a good RB3, RB4 kind of rotation guy. But I, I would not feel super comfortable, especially if you feel like you're in a position to go for it, win now. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him every week as an RB2 for me. Um, but that was kind of the glaring hole that I saw. I don't know, Max, if you want to speak to anything else uh, regarding that, because I do have some trades to kind of rattle off. The running back and quarterbacks really where I see like the biggest holes are here picks aren't terrible like if you really want to go for it this year and I feel like you have a team that genuinely could like you really could I mean if you wanted to trade that 25 first second um, you could go out and get another running back another quarterback something like that but it's like Russell Wilson and Watson like I do think are going to both have really bounce back years just the running back that I like question really is Brees Hall those ACLs coming off that second year it's tough man or that he seems he seems very different uh I I hate the word different, and I hate that term, but I'm going to use it. I don't know if you guys saw the presser that came out of MetLife today. Robert saw it. Was it he said that uh, he was running like 22 miles an hour already? And Yeah, they had the GPS on him. He's hitting 22. We saw him. I actually watched him through the videos doing the, his cut drills. He looks very solid on that ACL, uh, I think maybe nine months after, uh, nine, maybe eight months after uh, injuring it. And he still has a lot of time left. So look, I'm still tampering expectations for this upcoming season. Do I think he can finish as top 12 running back? Yes. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. Yeah. I, I think like next season though, like I'm a hundred percent all in on Brees Hall. I think he's one of those guys where 
this doesn't really fit for your team, Peter, but if there's a owner out there that's off Brees Hall after the season, like maybe Rodgers throws the ball more, Brees Hall is slow, whatever it might be, go buy the man. Those running backs coming off the ACL after a full year of rest, just the numbers and statistics to back it up is just crazy. Um, and J.K. Dobbins, for example, this year, I think was, it was a great buy. Um, but running back and quarterback's tough. I mean, when you look at your wide receivers, I don't know if you'll find any three better wide receivers in the league. Um, I think I have good wide receivers, but even yours are better than mine. Um, Mark Andrews, you can argue, is the best tight end in Dynasty. You have a great starting lineup, but just like the depth to me, like J-Mo doesn't really do much for me. Elijah Moore, hit or miss. So it's like if you really – you have to ask yourself, like if you really want to go for it, you're going to need another running back. You're going to need another quarterback. And you have some picks. Like I think a first and a second could go out and get you a decent quarterback that could be streaming option. Then you take another couple seconds and get some – older vet running backs, whether it's Aaron Jones or you go and you try to get like a Jamal Williams type guy, or like you go to Kevin Kukla, who's more rebuilding and you say, Hey, I'll give you Khalil Herbert for like a two seconds or something like that. And you get another running back like that. That's probably a trade I would do. Um, you could also go to Kevin and say, Hey, what do you want for golf? Like, I think Kev's the guy I would go to just if you could get a Jared Goff who's going to throw the ball 50 times to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, stuff, something like that is a, playable quarterback three and then go out and Jared Goff's probably not even worth the first maybe, but you take that then you go out and you get like a Khalil Herbert, you go out and get like a AJ Dillon and you go out and get like a vet running back like Henry. I mean, that's like a championship team. It really is. Yeah. I love Derek Henry, but I don't want too much exposure to him because I feel like I'm going to draft him in redraft this year. He's just going at such a great value in redraft, like towards uh, the back end of the first early second, because these wide receivers have been pushed so far up. So I really want to draft him there. So I don't want to get too much exposure with Henry. Who do you think is an older back that you think I should target for that RB2 spot? Do you think maybe Aaron Jones? Yeah, I think I think Aaron Jones is great. It's just tough. Like, I know, obviously, we're in the league together. It's, this league's tough. Like, I want to be – there's just there's some people that don't respond and don't really trade. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely be trying to go. And I just look at teams that, like – Shouldn't be competing, but are, I guess you could say. Um, like the first team that comes to my mind here is this guy that has Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as his two quarterbacks. Like that's just not going to cut it. So you could definitely go to him and if he responds or whatever it is, but he's got a guy like Henry. I know you don't really want Henry, but you could get Henry. But another running back to answer your question, Peter, yeah, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, any of those guys I think will have solid years. I think you can buy Alvin Kamara for a second round pick. Yeah, so I think there's there's a couple of good pieces that you could go get, like Max was saying, just some depth pieces that aren't super expensive, maybe like a second-round pick. For me, though, I think that's one thing to target. Quarterback upgrade I think is very tough. I don't know. I think, Max, that your point was probably the best, where just try and go out and get kind of a cheaper quarterback three guy that you can rotate in there. I don't think – an upgrade to Russell Wilson does you that much. And I don't even know if you really could get a significant upgrade from Wilson, unless you're sending Wilson and two first round picks for somebody. And, and I just wouldn't feel good doing that. Uh, just looking at how your team is um, one guy that, and, and, you know, we talked about him on, well, I talked about him on the, uh, the buy sell episode, I need Jameson Williams off this roster a hundred percent. Like I, you're correct, it, dude. Because my thing is, is 
especially because you need RB2. I think there's even young running backs that you could get for this guy that you could easily slot into the RB2 spot. There's a couple that come to mind. Ramondre Stevenson. I would send Jamison Williams for him straight up. I feel like that's fairly close. You might have to add a little bit. I would add a little bit to get Ramondre. Um, another one, Javante Williams. You already have um, Russell Wilson there, but if you could get that one, I feel like that's fairly close. Even if you had to add a little bit, I'm doing that all day long to get him. Uh, another one as well, another young running back guy that you could maybe get on a dip, Kenneth Walker. He's another one. I'm sending – Jamison Williams in a second, Jamison Williams a second and a third, whatever. I, I'm just sending that over for him. And like you said, the the last one you said you didn't have too much interest in was Derrick Henry. But, dude, I, honestly, with this team build, I would send Jamison Williams for Derrick Henry straight up. Um, the the but, only thing that I'd be interested about uh, sending Jamison Williams for is potentially a young running back. I can see that. Like, I'd like Javante, uh, Javante. Running backs like that really would interest me for a receiver, but I really value him super highly. I really do. My whole concept that I look at when I'm I'm trying to get that second RB, would you guys advise me? I have like a big three core of wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Wilson, and Waddle, right? Would you advise me moving down off of Waddle? So like moving and getting somebody like, you know, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, and then getting an RB, a usable RB, as extra incentive on top of that. Yeah, I mean, I think you could like a trade that I would do, and I, I'm pretty big into these trades because I think like Jalen Waddle is great. But if I could get full a guy, point PPR, especially for Deontay. Yeah, I I don't think I'd go for Deontay. I, I do think Deontay is pretty cheap, especially on the team that he's on. I think the person has yeah, the guy has Tua. He would love Waddle. I mean, you could go get Deontay and probably Mixon or Jalen Waddle, if you wanted to do that, I would probably be looking for more of like a Jerry Judy. I mean, but I'd try, I'd try, I'd try to be going for like a Jerry Judy plus, like, I don't know the best I could probably give you Peter's like a Jerry Judy and Rashad white for um, Jalen Waddle. And that's probably not going to cut it. Honestly, it's not terrible because I think Jerry Judy and Rashad white's better than Deontay. And I Joe. can't believe that you guys would even put Jalen Waddle in the conversation with Jerry Judy as like near equivalent value. No, I don't, but I think if you get a running back like that on But top, Rashad White is like an absolute insult. Who do you want though? Like you could go you you were fine with Deontay Johnson and Joe Mixon. I think that's I didn't say Joe Mixon. It's just tough. Like you're not gonna get a guy that's that close to Waddle and then get another stud wide receivers or stud running back as well. I don't know. I would say like like what would you want? Nick C. Ramondre Stevenson's a great example. So it would be Waddle equals Ramondre plus what? It depends on the owner, but there's people that really love Ramondre and think, I mean, I think on keep trade cut, I think he's RB 11, which I mean, I, I'm not there for him. Like I, I like him at a lower value than that, but like, as far as you downgrading from one of these receivers to try and get depth, that's, I'm just not doing it. I, I, I straight up would not do that. I'm sending these picks over Jamison Williams. I, it comes back to Jamison. I know you don't want to trade him, but if you're really trying to make a push to win this year, if you're in the top six teams, you think you have a legitimate shot. He's the one that needs to get out and you need to supplant another running back in there. You have Pacheco to fill in as RB three. 
And then you have the second, the second round picks to kind of play around with, get another depth running back, another depth wide receiver or something like that, because that's, I, I don't know. I'm a huge pro- proponent of when you have studs in the lineup, like, okay, I'll do it when it makes sense to tear down from certain guys. But when, when I don't have to tear down and I have an elite starting lineup, like you have, you have probably top, easily top 12 guys at all three, the, the two receiver positions, flex position. You have Andrews, who's arguably a top three guy. Reese Hall could be top 12. I'm trying to roll into the season with a lineup like that because that's how you win leagues. You ha- you win leagues by having studs in your starting lineup, not tearing down to get McLaurin and Dalvin Cook. That's not going to win you a league. I mean, I, it might, it might work for the context, but that's, but that's where the difference is. I, that's where I like to play it. I like to have those studs, but I do understand the value concept, but I think you can make a lot more moves without giving up that starting lineup value. I feel like I I wish, I wish, I wish I could highlight what Nick C just said for the listeners, but you had to pay attention. If you didn't go on your podcast machine or however you're listening hit the back 30 seconds button and listen to that again. Cause that is probably the best piece of fantasy advice that I've probably ever received in my life. Yeah, a lot of us overthink fantasy football. It's about who has the better guys, right? And tearing down off these guys is not going to help you win. And that's kind of what's ruined. I think both Max's team and my team in our most important league. I'll say this though. I do agree with Nick C hundred percent, especially with your team, Peter. You don't need to tear down off these guys. You have three of the best wide receivers. You have pieces that you can go out and get other guys if you wanted to go for it. But at the same time, you do need depth. Who knows what can happen if Jalen Waddle tears an ACL, whatever this is. You need depth. You need to be able to plug in a guy, and that's like where the tear down would be acceptable. But you're not like don't do multiple tear downs. Like if you were going to do this, which I don't think you should. I really agree with Nick C. Jamison Williams is the trade. The person that I would go to that has Javanta, that has Jared Goff, that has Khalil Herbert is Kevin Kukla. He's an active player. He values Jamison Williams very high. I think there's a trade where you could get Goff, Khalil Herbert, and Javanta Williams for like JMO and a 25 first. And then you're looking at having four running backs, another quarterback, and you didn't lose a single thing on your team. And then you take some second round picks and you go throw them for little wide receivers like. Keenan Allen, go throw it for like a – you're not going to get hop right now, but go throw it for just these guys that are older guys that are forgotten about. You could probably throw together three, four seconds and get Deontay Johnson if you really wanted to. So I would do Jamison Williams a 25 first for Goff, Javanta, and Khalil Herbert. I think that's pretty fair value. I truly do, um, especially in Superflex, and I think you could see that go through. If I had to add a second on the year end or – a second and a third, I'm not sweating. Like so many people these days, I feel like get worked up over seconds, thirds. Like at the end of the day, if I'm trading a 25 second, I can get that. I can recoup that so much quicker than I can lose a deal and then go out and try to restart with someone else. So like, that's what like Nick C does it sometimes. Like Nick C didn't want to add 301 the other day to a trade. I was like, bro, like it's 301. The odds he hits are less than 5%. You do it all the time, Peter. You try to, Oh, like a second's too much. It's a second. If it gets the deal done and I can continuously have a good relationship with the party, because that's another big thing. It is, is building that relationship. 
Nick C's pretty damn close to my blacklist because there's he's very close. He's dangerously close to your blacklist because brothers times where I'll be offering him this really good deal. And he'll be like, Oh, I love this. Like interesting one, like be all for it. Then it'll text me and be like, Oh, I can't do it. Or something like that. Cold feet. He gets cold feet or it's like Nick, Nick C throw two in pairs of socks, no cold feet. I'm like throw in three Oh one or throw in like a second round pick. And it's like, if someone asked me that, I'd be like, okay, dude, fine. Take the second round pick. But next year's like, oh my gosh, like this is going to like next year thinks every second, late second, early third is going to be Amon Ra St. Brown or some shit like that. So you want to have the good relationship. You want to have depth, but you also want to keep your studs. All three of those bounce them out. Boom. Peter, you got a team. All right. I think the trade that I'm most interested in that I would probably want to send out is the one that Max just said again. So, Max, it was Javonta Williams. Javonta Williams, Khalil Jared Goff. And Jared Goff for a 25 first, Jamison Williams. And if I have to throw a second or two seconds or a second and a third to get it done, so be it. You get your third quarterback at Goff, who's a playable option. You get Javonta Williams, who's a great young running back. And then you get... Leal Herbert, who who knows with that backfield, but he's a he'd be then your fifth running back, fourth running back. That'd be great. All right. That's gonna wrap us up and wrap up today's show. Want to thank everyone for making it to the end. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on Twitter. We're posting polls all the time about trades that we see go down in our leagues and trades that you guys tell us about. Gentlemen, anything before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, if you have a trade or you have a team that you want us to break down, I mean, you want to send us screenshots of the league, like we can do this for your team as well. That's what we're here for. We want to be an asset for you moving forward. So if you send us six screenshots of six, 12 different teams and you send us your team and it's like, hey, Monarchy, where can I get better? We'll break it down for you. I mean, we just came up with so many different trades for Peter. They came up with so many different trades for me. Um, always try to get better, especially before camp. You got reports coming out. Terrence Marshall is going to be in a clutch role and this, this, and that. You got Kadarius Tony's going to be a wide receiver one. Sell the news. If there's someone that thinks Kadarius Tony's going to be a wide receiver one and you have him on your team and they're willing to pay what Nick C was offering for Kadarius Tony, just do it, man. Nick, Nick C, C, what were you offering? Debo in a second for Kadarius. Oh! Yes, bro. I would sell Kadarius. I hate Devo, but I'm doing that deal. Yes, 100%. That's crazy talk. So if Hop goes to Kadarius, Tony's worth like one second. Kadarius, Tony also does not have any hamstrings or ankles. So he's had over 10 points three times in his career. Rashad Bateman has more than him. Elijah probably too. Yes, Elijah definitely does, bro. All right. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. We had a great episode today. I really think we did. I think today was a great episode. Uh, we did a little bit from Reports from Around the Realm and did a Superflex and non-Superflex team breakdown. Wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY. Get a $100 deposit match in bonus cash if you use the code MONARCHY. M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Peace. 
Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>